0: In Hilcha Shabbos Parakei, the Rambam discusses the mitzvah of lighting candles before Shabbos. The Rambam begins by saying that lighting candles for Shabbos is not something that's optional, and it's also not a type of a mitzvah where you only do it if you need to, like making an Erev, where you only have a mitzvah if you want to have an Erev. Rather, the mitzvah of lighting candles on Shabbos is the obligation, and a person must make a brach on it before they light. They say, Asher this is similar to any other thing that someone is obligated from the Chachamim, that we make a brachan. And both men and women are obligated in this mitzvah. And the Ramam says that even if someone who doesn't have enough food to eat, he goes and borrows from people to get oil and to light a candle. Because this is part of Einik Shabbos. The Ramam continues and says there were a lot of use to light from the candle of Shabbos, but we can't use it to look very intently at something with very specific details. The Ramam continues and says that we have to light candles from during the day on Friday before Shkia, and usually women are obligated to do it more than men because they're found in the house at the time. Nevertheless, men should be available to remind the women about it. If it's a suffolk, if it's dark already, then we don't light the candles. The Ramam continues and says that from Shkia Sachama until a time when we could see three medium stars, it's considered being Hashmashis, and it's considered suffolk if it's day or night, and therefore we're machmer in any case. And if someone does a malacha, and if someone did a malacha on Erev Shabbos or Matzah Shabbos during Reynah Shmoshes, B'shegik, he would bring a karbenchatas. The Ramam continues and says that the wick that we use for lighting candles on Shabbos should not be of a substance or material that causes the light to flicker or not to burn properly in any way. See inside for more details on the specific materials that are permissible and not permissible. If one mixes two materials, one that's easy to light and one that is not easy to light, if the intention was to make the flame bigger, then it's usher to use, but if the intention was to make it firm that it shouldn't fall down, then it's mutter to use. The Ramam continues and says that one may place a grain of salt or a bean at the opening of a lamp on Friday, so that it'll burn in some way better on Shabbos. The Ramam continues and says that the fuel for the flame also has to be something that burns well. The Ramam continues and says that we're not allowed to use pine sap as fuel because it makes an unpleasant smell, and it might cause a person to leave the house. Similarly, we're not allowed to use balsam oil because it's very fragrant and it's possible that a person will take some of its oil from the lamp as perfume. Additionally, it's very flammable and for that reason, we're not allowed to light even during the weekday anything that is very, very flammable because of the danger involved. The Ramam continues and says that a person should not place a container with a hole filled with oil above the opening of a lamp so that the oil will drip in. This is because of exera, because we're concerned that someone might take some of the oil, thinking that they could use it on Shabbos while it's considered mukta. If, however, they connected this container with cement or clay or something similar to that, then it's mutter, because we're not afraid that someone will take the oil from it. The Ramam continues and says that on Friday before Shabbos, one is allowed to put a utensil beneath a lamp to collect the sparks. But on Shabbos, one is not allowed to do it because they're being mavata the keli from being able to be used, because the keli becomes mukta now. The Rambam continues and says that a person is not allowed to check his garments for lights by the light of a lamp or read by the light of a lamp because we're worried that a person might tilt the lamp while it's Shabbos. If, however, two people are reading the same subject, then we're not worried because each person will remind each other. But if they're reading two separate subjects, then we're worried that one will be engrossed while the other tilts the lamp by accident. The Ramam continues and says that if we have two vessels that are very similar to each other and you have to look very closely to tell the difference, we're not allowed to bring them to the light to look at it on Shabbos because we're afraid we might tilt the lamp. The Ramam continues and says that when a lamp is burning behind a door, it's also to open and close the door because it might extinguish it. The Ramam continues and says a 6 Schaefer blast would be sounded in every Jewish city and town on Friday and they would blow these sounds from a very high place so everyone could hear it. When the first kia would be blown, the people in the fields would stop working, and those who are close to the city are not allowed to go into the city until those people come. This way they would go in at the same time. Stores, though, remain open. When the second kia happens, the stores are closed. When the third kia happens, all the pots are removed from the fire, and everything is put in place for Shabbos for heating. They would then wait the time it takes to roast a small fish or to stick a loaf of bread on the side of the oven, and then they would do a kia, a truah, and a kiyah, and then it would be Shabbos. The first kiyah would be done by Mincha, the third one would be close to shkia. and on Matzah Shabbos they would also blow with Kia, so everyone knew that they could do malacha. The Raman concludes by saying the Yom Kippur that fell on Arab Shabbos they would not blow, and if it fell on a Shabbos they wouldn't blow and they wouldn't make havdalah. A Yom that falls on Arab Shabbos they would blow but they won't make havdalah, but if it fell out after Shabbos, on Matzah Shabbos they would make havdalah but they wouldn't blow.